podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Portside Tracker. I say another as if we've been doing them for the last month. Um, so it's been, it's been a while. Um, we're back. Um, I'm joined today by Kay Canyon. How are you doing, Canyon? I'm not too bad. I've got the GOATs jersey on. They were all star drawn from the 90s. That's not the exactly. by the way. Nah, I was assuming it was Jordan. Yeah, yeah, no, kind of no. goes without saying. Uh, and we've got Yas, who hasn't been on in feels like forever. I'm, I'm back from my highs. I had to take a, a John Wall timed period out, it feels like. So, yeah, back from the highs. But but your Achilles is all healed up again, yeah? Well, and the other one, like, yeah, wherever it was. Shout out to Greg, <laughs> who has hurt the Achilles as well. But, yeah, he's uh, back on his feet. So you'll be you'll be hearing from Greg on the pod uh, very soon. Um, before we start, I will note that we will be covering the draft in a separate pod. That'll be towards the end of Summer League, which is currently on League Pass, for those of you who do have it. Vegas Summer League starts tonight. So it's always an opportunity to kind of see the teams coming together if you're if you're basketball fanatics. Um, but yeah, before we get into what has been a hectic free agency, let's just yeah, catch up on the most recent news. So uh, let's start with yesterday, the Olympics. Um, big surprise, Team USA takes home the gold. <laughs> they, they they beat France in the gold medal what, game. What a shot. What a shock. After, after you know, they've, they've come back from those defeats that everyone lost their mind about to Nigeria. Well, that didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. the, the warm-up game. Oh, yeah. um, that was so funny to me at the time that the, the Nigeria, everybody was celebrating the Nigerian win. Um, because I was like, it's a pointless, it's a pointless friendly. And secondly, Nigeria are not going to do shit when it actually matters. And they proceeded to not do shit. Lost all four exactly. of their games. The thing, the thing about the Nigeria one that made me laugh as well is that like, I, I hadn't, I didn't watch the game at the time. I didn't know the Nigerian roster for the Olympics or anything like that. So when I, yeah. I thought people like, on Twitter be like, this is a huge moment for Nigerian basketball. And when you compare it to 2012, it shows the strides that have been made in Nigeria. And I was just like, rah, okay. Like, what, what domestic league popping like that? Yeah. So I went and I looked and it's all American Nigerian guys who are in the NBA, yeah. who went to high school and college in America. There's like, there, to be fair, there's two guys, just or guys who are proper Niger man from like, come through that system. But the way people were talking, I was like, wow, what a seismic... No, they're just NBA guys all the same. Yeah, just, just guys who can't make it on Team uh, USA, essentially. Um, listen, I'm surprised they haven't... The UK or Nigeria haven't tried to grab OG Ananobi, but he's probably hoping in the next few years that he, he gets himself onto the Team USA roster. Um, well, I've seen, seen Keldon Johnson there. Or not bringing Keldon Johnson to get a gold medal. I like Keldon Johnson. I made a course I focus on him. But I know OG is just waiting for Nick Nurse to get a call up. And then <laughs> and then he's in. And then he's in. If that's the system that we're going with. Um, yeah, that, then, that, that, that seems to be, obviously, Kevin Love had a, a, a brief a brief showing um, Brian Colangelo, the outgoing um, kind of manager of Team USA, um, was kind of like, "Yeah, listen, we brought him in, didn't work. Now we now we get rid of him." Grant Hill's coming in. Obviously, everyone knows Grant Hill. He's he's been in the league for twenty years, 
plus as a player. Um, he's a part owner of the Atlanta Hawks as well. Um, and he's just always been a, a good representative of, of the game. So it'll be interesting to see how, how things run, under, uh, run under his stewardship. There's a lot of, seems a lot of back scratching goes on in terms of who, who tends to make, make the roster, especially when you've kind of got a handful of the world's best players, not actually going, obviously, LeBron, Steph, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Paul George, etc., etc. So when it's coming to those fringe roles and grabbing a gold medal, yeah, favours are, favors are being made. Um, People are talking crazy. I don't understand it because obviously they struggled against France. Bearing in mind, Rudy Gobert is now Shaq incarnate because he can stand under the rim at seven three and just put his hands. Fever rules. Fever rules. Rudy Gobert. Why am I getting two hundred million is nice, but all this slander I'm getting in Utah, I could go to the Euro League with these fever rules where I have to come out and be the most dominant man ever. But the thing is, as well, like everyone's complaining about Team USA, but when you get down to it, then they just realize, hold on, they're not giving us the calls. We need to defend, which they actually can do because, well and truly, I understand FIBA is team basketball. And I don't want to disparage any of the national teams because they did very well. However, player for player, even if they weren't great defenders in the NBA, I'm pretty sure they can still be solid defenders in FIBA just because of the fact they were the most athletic team there by a distance. And they're also the best team because when it came down to it, they could shut teams down. Obviously, the final was a bit close, but I don't think it was ever in question. It was like, oh, no, the pop system ain't working, blah, blah, blah. They just realised, okay, stop jacking up threes and then just play basketball, which they all can do to a level that other teams can't compare. So They can, oh, and I think, obviously, with the kind of shorter shorter um, international game as well, it means that it's less of a physical toll. Um, but Drew coming in um, off the straight off the plane from winning the championship with with the Bucks, straight, straight in there. For me, he was probably second or at worst third best player for them. And his his perimeter defense at times was stifling for the opposition. And I think he kind of set that tone for them. We know KD defends now. He he picked up quite a bit in Golden State in his last few years at OKC. And he has to on the nets because nobody else is really gonna gonna lock things down at that end. So they had those two. And obviously Draymond comes off the bench, and you know what you're gonna get from Draymond. But it was more on that end where they had to make the improvement because they can score. You know they can score. They've got the best scorers in the world on their team. It's how easy are you going to make it for the opposition to score? Evan Fournier can't be going off on you. Like He's a good, hey, NBA, he's a good <laughs> NBA level player. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> that's that's right there. He was going brazy on people. <laughs> yeah, so listen, end of the day, it wasn't a big deal. Team USA won. Um, what was an interesting debate like we discussed, obviously, uh, after they lost to France, USA fans were in hysterics. But despite the fact they've got the, still got the best players in the world, and quite comfortably, in my opinion, um, there seemed to be this whole Team USA versus the world, uh, which Draymond Green kindly um, threw in Kendrick Perkins' face in KD's uh, celebratory IG live video. Um, yes. Uh, the talk was basically the rest of the world is catching up to... America, the NBA is too soft. This is real basketball. Even though we created it, this is real basketball. Do they have a point or were they just overreacting when you when you think of the players that didn't go? I think if you... I mean, yeah, that's the big thing, isn't it? It's the players that didn't go. Um, you've got people like Steph missing it, people like Kyrie missing it, people like LeBron missing it, people like AD missing it, um, Harden, Kawhi. Like, you've got a lot of people missing it. But I think that... They're obviously, I think the gap is narrowing when you see people like Doncic and Yanis and Jokic come in and dominate a league that 
Whereas before, it just wasn't as common to see people coming in young, develop through the system like everyone else and, and everything like that. But Kendrick Perkins' argument was last four Defensive Players of the Year awards, last three MVPs, all of that stuff. Yeah, but that was by two players and then Jokic this year. So you can't equate a couple man's dominance to, to, to yeah, it being the, the gap narrowing and everything like that. But I think this is something that Popovich has always said in that the fundamentals maybe of European players are better in terms of they just the, the training and stuff. Whereas I think with the, with the NBA and the American development system, it just seems like, right, you're talented, you're athletic, you're going to go through the AAU system, you're going to learn all these crazy handles, you're going to learn to do this shot and this trick shot and this, 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 that and the other, which is fine. Um, and obviously I think it's, it's that debate between individual development and kind of just like team IQ and know-how and how to move this and sets and whatever. But if you can get the best individuals by the time they're adults and then you put it together, then it's about the coaching at the top level. So I think it's just different ways of developing. And I think the the main point might be that one about the FIBA rules in that I think all of us have a little... The NBA is amazing. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here talking about it on a Sunday morning. But the the foul baiting, the 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 reviews all the time about silly little just a hand follow through is this is that not that does get jarring. And I think that was something that was quite good to see with the Olympics. It was like, oh yeah, you can actually play this sport without being a total pussy. And so on that side of things, I would like there to be some lessons, but I don't think the gap is narrowed enough for a big review of what are we doing in the US and the NBA and whatever. Um, if we can just cut some of the video reviews out, please, that don't really need to be done all the time. And if we can maybe allow people to defend a little bit more, which they are trying to do allegedly this year. They're they're saying this year that there's gonna be there's gonna be there's gonna be less foul giving for unnatural shooting motions. I think that's probably going to be a disaster for the first two, three months because refs are so used to doing what they're going to do and then they're going to go too far the other way and, and call it wrong and this. It could be a bit of a mess. But yeah. I would like to see, yeah, like a foul being a foul rather than a foul being a technicality that you can just play for because that it does cheapen things a bit for me. But in terms of the skill level, no. There are better European and world players and African players than ever before. But we're still talking about exceptions rather than the rule. So. Yeah, mm, mm. you count your top twenty players in in the league. What eighty percent, ninety percent of them are going to be are going to be American, aren't they? Um, so you make well, a, you make. I, a, I, think, I think that's where the debate goes that way. If you count the twenty, it's probably about twenty five percent, thirty percent now that are non American. If you include. We'll be doing it soon enough so we well, can... We will be, but I think the, problem is, the problem is people look at that and they see Embiid and Jokic and Yanis and, and, and Doncic and then they, they forget 20 to 190, which mm. is... Mm. That's what skews it slightly. Yeah, yeah. Good point, good point. Um, I forgot what I was going to say next. Never mind. Then we'll go on to our next point, um, which is about a guy who who had a who had a tough playoffs um, in Ben Simmons. Um, and from everything we're reading, for all intents and purposes, wants nothing to do with the Philadelphia 76ers as an organization. They are communicating with his agent. 
that that's what the word is anyway. Um, and he would like to move to California. Put that in air quotes. Um, and talk, <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's talk of him going to the Golden State Warriors. Um, how much of a reality is this actually? I think we know he's he's going to move. The way that the way their playoffs ended and everything that was said by Doc and everything that was said by Embiid, um, it seems like that relationship is broken. Um, but where do we actually see him going? Because he is an All NBA player, Defensive Player of the Year candidate, what three, four time All Star at this point. Um, so he will fetch. He should, based on reputation, fetch quite a bit. And with the size of his contract, it will take quite a bit to grab him from Philadelphia. Where do we actually see him potentially going? Not the Warriors. They don't have enough to give. They don't have anywhere near enough to give. For me personally, anyway. And the only person that they might even consider to take back is like-for-like darker replacement, which would be Draymond. However, if they even attempt to trade Draymond, he'll be at Joe Lakers' front door. So, yeah, and he, he has this faux GM thing that he does. He'll be texting them during the draft, like, yeah, this one will come in, like, well done, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think Simmons... Yeah, he's in a catch-22 because, obviously, he hasn't played well the last playoffs. And then Doc's now obviously throwing him under the bus. So I don't I don't I don't mind him saying communicating with my agent. That's normally the norm anyway for players. But I think he's probably not gonna end up anywhere in the East because no one really wants him and they see what he brings. And also I don't believe like he's gonna end up at the Warriors either. He's gonna end up somewhere obscure that might not be his first choice because all their teams in California haven't got enough to give, in my opinion anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, we, we... I actually feel a bit of sympathy for him as well, I, and I shouldn't because he's smashing my jammer and earning thirty million a year, so it could be a lot worse, right? But if we go back to the start of the season, Doc's first thing was like Ben's fine as he is, Ben's fine as he is. Doesn't need to shoot, doesn't need to do this. You don't need to show me nothing. He's elite, he's elite, and it's like okay, cool. Fast forward nine months, and you and Joel are throwing him under the bus a little bit, and. Uh, maybe rightfully so because he, he he was an obvious negative offensively and you can sort of attribute some of the issues to what he didn't do and everything like that. But we all knew that coming into the season. We've seen yeah. that in the post before. And I think this is the, this is a little bit of a problem with stars in general, but him in particular, is that people, I don't know if it's because he's clutch. I don't know if it's because he's Ben Simmons and a superstar and, and is an arrogant guy allegedly in that he doesn't really want to work on his game like that and he's been offered shooting training by in-house trainers and outhouse trainers and he's not really taking it up or anything like that but like there's a bit of pandering to him like if you have an asset like that like look at Janice like they're working tooth and nail to make him better at this thing and they're going through failure but they're forcing him to do it he his attitude also is allowing for that because he's willing to do it look at him talking about his free throw issues like he's laughing about I've missed them all I've missed all types air ball rim out da, 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 da. whereas Ben Simmons the stories consistently are that he doesn't really want to really want to work at stuff so on the one hand he's being thrown under the bus for something that he's been enabled to do arguably by Doc on the other hand he's been pandered to his whole career and then now that's just the norm for him in terms of where he would go I have one uh, the Warriors is no no like you can't play him with Draymond you wouldn't take him instead of Draymond in terms of that's their nucleus, that's their guy, they have a loyalty to him. I would say, look, I know this isn't what he wants to hear. Again, his arrogance and his superstardom would get in the in the way of this, but if he wants California, 
The Sacramento Kings are the worst franchise in the NBA. Oh, no. Oh, I didn't want to say that. Hold on. They're, they're useless. Even their free agency, even their free agency, the headline deals were resigning Rashawn Holmes for four years and getting Tristan Thompson, right? And then they got Maurice Harkless and Terrence Davies. Like, they're, they're, they're awful. At least if he goes there, they're a blank canvas, right? It's, it's build around Ben. You're in California. Okay you're, not, okay, you're not in a huge market. I get that, but you've got an amazing arena. Ownership's not as ridiculous as it as it was in terms of when, when Vlad was there. I'm just saying, his stock is low. He is a hard person to fit around other people in terms of contenders. If he really backs himself as a franchise player, which his contract and his status suggests he is, why not go and build a team around him? I think that's the only way it really works with Ben Simmons. He has such an awkward fit of, of of abilities for this for this NBA that if he's not your number one option and then you build your team around his skill set, it's never going to really work. It's never going to really... He doesn't really fit as a number two option as a, as a guy who's supposed to be, like, be the secondary guy initiating offense because he, he, he traditionally can't. And then if his... Unless the number one option is a, is a wing perimeter-based player, then he's got that kind of lane and that ability to drive in. But you look at Sacramento, they, they've tied themselves into De'Aaron Fox. He's another guy who, who who's in love with who's in love with getting to the basket, and he's taken on on himself to also improve as a three point shooter. But I don't know, Ben Simmons. I think he's a bit some of his own hype, in my opinion. Like, I don't think so. Up, I think people are just doing a bit. Hold on, Kay. You you know how people always do so much in the NBA. A player's always oh, yeah. the best thing since sliced bread it, or even absolutely garbage. You and the truth is always somewhere in the middle. The truth's always somewhere in the middle. After that rookie of the year campaign, they were saying, oh, we actually might be right. Like, he's going to be next up and he was getting put in top 10s. This is even before he was even getting recognised as a very good defender. Like, this has only come in the last two years. But initially, it was the offence, this, that, this, that. And I think what people have slowly realised is he's 6'10", which is fantastic. He can go one to five, which is in, which is unheard of, or in the act when he can actually do it. Also, in the case that he's actually not tremendously athletic as people once thought he was when he was jumping all over people in LSU and in Monteverdi in high school. So that's one thing. So he's not obviously a crazy athlete. Considered him and Yanis are supposed to be the same height. And compared to athleticism, not saying Ben's not athletic, but then you got Yanis who moves completely different. His handle's not amazing because if someone this good at the basket can't get to the basket at will. Giannis does when they're building the wall clearly he's not got it like people think he does and then the passing as well like it's good but also again you're 6'10 and the ball's in your hand Draymond gets seven assists a game from them putting the ball in his hand all the time albeit he's passing to better players blah 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 and you can talk about the system but I think yeah in Ben Simmons case he's just not as good as people once thought which is fine but I now think he should have taken the the impetus himself to work on some things because well and truly you can still be very effective even if you had a little like mid-range and everyone's saying oh we've seen him in the gym or in summer league shooting these shots and like you said i think he's been enabled so much saying ben um pop uh, what's his name Pop came in and b came in you, you're good how you are bro don't worry you don't need to change you can do this and they're telling him ben we'll work to your skills we'll do this and well and truly that's probably been the case because they're thinking you don't need to shoot Look at Yanis, for example. You guys are fairly similar in build, blah, blah, blah. He can't shoot, but he's still very effective. And from there, that's just created a problem that we have now. That's absolutely ridiculous. Listen, Ben nah. Simmons, one in, 
four out. That's what he needs. Get him in that one, him in the paint, one in, four out, and just let him cook, man, and let him grow and exactly. develop. So he shouldn't have the ball. He's not a point guard. Let, let, let it go. He's not a guard. He's just a good, uh, he's a tall person with a decent handle and the pass, and he's not insanely athletic. So put your ass in the post. That's the problem with him, isn't it? That's why he's so awkward. He has to have the ball, because if he's off the ball, he's not going to really push yeah. people out. He's not going to be any sort of threat outside. Like, that's his fault. his fault. And I think the, the biggest thing from you, Ben Simmons, my last word on it, right, is I've got to the point now, is we said this on a pod last season. He had a 40-point game when Joel Embiid didn't play. And one of the questions that whoever was hosting asked was, is this now it? And I was like, no, because Embiid weren't there and he just, he had a good, like, two weeks and the problem with him isn't the shooting, it's not the this, it's not the athleticism, it's not... It all boils down to him and his aggression, his competitiveness, his his desire to actually improve and be that guy. Like, you look at the finals that we've just seen, 50-point Giannis, that has, he hasn't got there through natural ability with the basketball. He's got there through his work and his ethic and he works ridiculously hard. And we don't see all of that. But everything that comes out about Ben Simmons, every single thing that comes out about him is, yeah, he's fine. He's cool as he is. He doesn't work to improve. And who's going to, who's going to, like, with that yeah. contract, he's not. Like we said, is that, that thing the about, you rather have Lonzo, Lonzo going into free agency. Lonzo on four years, 85, which is 20, what, 21 and a half a year, or Ben Simmons on 32 a year. You Lonzo. can around the first one. Lonzo's improving, whereas Ben Simmons had the same questions about leadership or regression like since LSU. Like, well and truly, he could have gone to a bigger school, but he wanted to be the man in a small school and lead them to the tournament. And he couldn't when it came down to it because of the same limitations that he had now. So clearly, he's not changed that much. And college has been, what, six years ago for him now? So... Right, that's a damning indictment. Um, listen, this will we know the NBA. This is going to continue to rage on. Um, I have a feeling he'll eventually prove his doubt as wrong, but not anytime soon. Um, <laughs> the final thing I want to talk about is uh, we're phenomena. Free agency starts, and within about ten minutes, um, all the top players have agreed contracts with their with their franchises. Um, we find it funny, but I mean we're used to it. Um, but it seems like the league. Has, has decided they, they want to do something about it. Um, so the news has come out that the NBA is looking into tampering in the deals of a certain Kyle Lowry. And as you just mentioned, yes, the four years, 85 for, for Lonzo Ball. Um, yes, are they are they starting something that they really can't do anything about or, or, or are you in support of it? They can't do anything about it. What can you do, right? I think, do, do, you, remember, do you remember tapping up? When did we last hear the phrase tapping up in football? I remember back yeah, in the day, Ashley Cole, there we go, Ashley Cole being tapped up. And that was a huge thing. And then, since then, we haven't heard nothing about it because it's how all negotiations work. No one is going to, we're talking multi-million dollar industries and whatever. Like someone on this very podcast works in recruitment, so they can speak on this too. No one is ever going to be offering mad stuff without due diligence. You can't do due diligence without reaching out. The whole issue the NBA have uh, issues with is is contact before um, sort of a, a loud permissible point is lifted. But these players talk. So where where does the line start? So is it a player or is it does it have to be an organization? If it's if it has to be a club official, 
that isn't a player, well, that's very easy to circumvent. I'm going to be telling Jason Tatum to get onto Bradley Beal because they're friends. And to be honest, it probably comes up naturally anyway. I know that Drew Hanlon, Jason Tatum and Bradley Beal have their own WhatsApp group. Uh, they're the shooting trainer. Um, so if if they talk about him jokingly joining Boston or Tatum jokingly joining Washington, is that tampering? Like, how, how deep do you go in terms of what's allowed and not allowed? I think there is an element of it where, in an ideal world, you want all these things to be good and proper, right? And you don't want underhanded stuff in terms of, like, offering agents this or better relationship. But it's just the reality of how everything works, not just sports every industry, every business. So I think the NBA are going to get in a very sticky spot where, like, it happens league-wide all the time. So you can't then do the Bucks last year where they took a second-round pick off them and maybe they, I don't know, they won't veto the trades. That's not going to happen because they're not going to upset stars and the NBA will be right on their their case with their new president, uh, CJ McCollum. Um... But where does it stop sort of thing? You can't, you can't penalise one and then, and then not the other. So you just get yourself into a bit of a mess. I think it's obviously been raised. So one of the, one of the teams is snitched. And considering that we here at Courts Africa, with no direct sources to the NBA whatsoever, knew at the trade deadline that Lowry was going to probably end up in Miami and Ball was going to probably end up in Chicago. What can you do? Put Wodge and Shams out of a job? Yeah, what, what do you think they're trying? What point do you think they're trying to prove? Are they are they trying to basically say, guys, we know you're going to do it, but have have some integrity, have some respect for for There's our no sport. I don't understand what they're trying to do. Like There's you said, yeah, they're not going to. Like, 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 yes, like, but basically, Watch and Sham should not be tr- tweeting out two hours before the deadline opens. Yeah, Carl Lowry is going to Miami. Uh, Lonzo Ball's going to the Chicago Bulls. And it's true as well. Listen, the NBA as well, funny with this. They're, they're, they're better than the Premier League in terms of like, Adam Silver knows what generates excitement in his league. You can go on YouTube and find all the NBA clips in the world, not like the Premier League, because Adam Silver kind of, when he's been asked about it, he's basically been non-committal and said, look, at the end of the day, yeah, it's technically illegal, but it's good for the, it's good like in terms of excitement and chatter and this, that and the other. Tampering and, and free agency is no different, really, in that they right. have to. I think they're obliged to do it. But to be honest, I think deep down they know it's... The thing is, I can understand you need it to protect small markets as well. But then I'm going to probably write a piece on our Patreon about how the salary cap doesn't protect small markets either. Um, so I, I think that's the... I think that's the motivation. Mainly, it's protect the people like a Memphis or a or a Sacramento or a Utah who Utah who can have a Heat, Miami, and Boston come in and try and sweep Gordon Haywood out. Um, Toronto who had Clippers reps at every game in Kawhi Leonard's season there because they wanted to show that they were committed to him. I get that it's to protect small markets, but I think there's a much better way to protect small markets than players playing where they want to play. Do you know yeah, what I mean? So like, it makes no sense in my opinion. Like I think yes said it all. I like well and truly that means players having a conversation about hey we can play together in like a year or two. That counts as tampering. And they could just literally just be having a conversation. Even though they might be intending to do it. So yeah it doesn't really make any sense and I don't think that's going to be the best way to protect the smaller markets exactly like yes said. So 
Yeah, they need to do yeah, a better listen, work. The NBA, the NBA is chaotic, and that's why we love it. The sport that's of the basketball itself is is brilliant to watch, but the soap opera around it, uh, even more so. It's four hundred elite athletes, uh, dozens of coaches, uh, and dozens of executives, and just like, carnage ensues. Uh, I'll be totally honest. My ranking of the NBA enjoyment goes: playoffs number one. Free agency and free agency comes before the regular season. Trade deadline number three, (laughs) and then maybe regular season four. I knew, I knew it because the regular season just becomes very much like rigmarole. You know, three, four games a week. You know, this guy goes off, this guy goes off. Obscure guy grabs fifty, and we spend a couple of days talking about him and etc. etc. And the game, and the point I forgot earlier was how different the game is officiated in the regular season in comparison to the playoffs and where you have the refs are really soft in the regular season. Suddenly Chris Paul's being manhandled and he's like, hold on, like what's what's going on? Like during the regular season, I'm getting fouls here. This isn't being allowed to happen. Um, and I think bringing that parity between both elements of the season will make for a, be- a better product as well. Um, but that then obviously means more officiating time. But anyway, more to be discussed. Let's 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 get into the meat of the pods. Um, it's free agency, like like Yas says, we've been very very busy, lads. It hasn't necessarily had um, the A star list of free agents that we've been used to in in years gone by. But despite that, there's been a lot of activity, a lot of movement. Um, I'm gonna start with you, Kay, because it's the LA Lakers, it's Hollywood, it's LeBron James, it's Anthony Davis. And now it's Russell Westbrook. Um, you guys have been very, very busy. So yeah, talk talk to us. Your thoughts on the moves? Um, not just Russ. There's another a bunch of stellar names. Um, your thoughts yeah. on the moves and your expectations as a result of the moves. I think before K starts analyzing like an analyst man, I think he just needs to let the 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 stand out, the fanboy out. Like you can be yourself here, bro. The Russ LA connection. Is something that's very dear and personal to you that you've probably been waiting for your whole life. Oh, listen, man. I've got the mic up now. So listen, <laughs> I've been waiting for this for eternity. I'm telling the boys I'm going broke on Laker jerseys before I start analysing the moves, yeah? Fresh home. My boy is home. Yeah, like he's back. I'm happy he's in LA. Like, all agendas aside and how we play, like, I think it's good for him. Like, players come and get to play where they actually are from. As corny as it sounds, it's good for him. Like, He's finally got home, albeit a very convoluted route. Like, it's great. And we all know Russ's flaws and his things that he's good at. However, let me now get into, like, my analyst bag, or try to at least. Um, initially, I thought it didn't make sense because we were hearing this, I think, a couple, yeah, way, way before the trade, the free agency even opened. We're thinking, we're hearing Russ and Lakers because before that, we were hearing about Buddy Hill and everyone was like, wow, this is a fantastic move. Buddy Hill joining us. Would be really good. Could be the shooting, of course. Blah blah blah. We had a real bereft of shooting and playmaking, and Buddy Hield can score a lot in a hurry. So, we're like, all right, cool, that's great. All of a sudden, we found out Palinka got a last minute call saying, "Hey, Russ is available. How do you feel?" Um, and now I found out later that's actually not the case. Russ had been talking to AD and LeBron. Like, hey, what do you think about maybe ending up here? And I think probably Palinka made the call, not not the other way around. So there is that. But I think once we saw the rest of the moves, so I'm going to run through them as quick as I can. I'm not trying to waffle too much because we saw Russell alone. Everyone's thinking there's not enough ball. However, we saw him with Harden and bar COVID and his style injury. He had a very good season, was very within himself, played within himself. 
And even saw this season just that the Warriors, Beal said he had one of the best seasons ever. He enjoyed he enjoyed playing with Russ. Like one thing that I don't think is spoken about enough with Russ is how good he makes other people. And okay, there's bozo moments in the playoffs and in last minute situations, you don't want to make some decisions. But in reality, he's always been known as a fantastic teammate and great for guidance for young players and other supporting players. So I can give him props for that. And then we now go to the rest of them. Okay. Who won the trade between him and John Wall? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you asked that, yes? It's funny you asked that. They were telling me that John Wall won the trade and now he's languishing in the lottery with Christian Wood and DeMarcus Cousins or the ghost of him, wherever he is now. Or oh, he's at the Clippers story. Well, he's God knows where in Houston. So, yeah, John Wall didn't win that trade. He's on Instagram getting tattoos with Steve Weeby. So, yeah, we ain't going to worry about that no more. That's in the past. So, but moving on to like more serious side, like the rest of the picks. So, we've got Carmelo. I think for what he is now, everyone knows he's very much a role player, old veteran presence. And I think he's shot 40% from three on around five a game. We can do with that. That's very handy. There's going to come times me and Mariah were talking just before the pod started saying, yeah, they'll run some sets for him. He'll get 10 to 12 a game. But it's a reliable, somewhat reliable scorer that we use. We saw him what he can do at Portland. Like it's nice, like it's handy. We got Dwight Howard back. Okay, I can't really delve too much into that. We know what he does, and he's not what he once was, but he has a he has a role to play. Are you Remember prepared? Oh, hold on a minute, because this is a debate which we have recently have. The whole is Andre Drummond good? Number no, one, Andre, Andre Drummond has know. gone from Andre Drummond's gone from his Madsen contract to being brought out to minimum one year in Philadelphia. I think that I want to apologize. I want to apologize for saying he's somewhat decent and mention his boards because that was me specifically. So, yes, we clearly know on Drummond. And, I think not- and, and people were like, oh, he didn't play much. But then I think it shows what LeBron thinks that they've gone for Dwight again instead. He could, they could resign Drummond. They could resign Drummond, of course. But yeah, no, thank you. And Drummond was trying to do almost too much in a small role already. And Dwight Howard will do the bare minimum in his role like he should. Ariza's back, still very much a good defender, shoots 40% from three, catch and shoot on like five, six a game. Cool, he's come back to the Lakers after many years away. Like we know what he brings, maybe somewhat inconsistently, but cool. The age of the roster has obviously drastically risen, but of course, these are things we didn't have last year when we had Kuzma and Harold. Like we didn't have any sort of options of scoring off the bench. And when the game was being led by Bless his soul, Alex Caruso, the bench, blah, 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 there was no real synergy to what we really have. And my, me, myself, I'm not Caruso Stan. Lovely guy, get paid. Just not around here. He's getting paid in Chicago. Good for him. But we'll touch on that another day. On to next, we've got, I think, one of the X factors, the, the moves that Palinka made, is Malik Monk. I thought he would have been able to get a lot more money, but I think what he's done is bet on himself and taken a very, very small deal, which is, I think, far below his market value, and said, hey, one year here, even if the Lakers don't end up winning anything, I think it could be good for his profile because he's playing with LeBron in a certain role. And spotlight. He be- there's a spot. spot. There's a spotlight at, at, on yeah. you, and, and as we know, yes, will attest. It's very much a, a league of perception, and doing exactly what you were doing in Charlotte um, on the Lakers Ooh. could could add five to ten million to how much you're getting paid. So yeah, yeah, I think he can get. Let's say seven to ten a year, maybe. So, and he's getting one right now on a one-year deal. So he's clearly bet on himself. Like p- people have clearly had conversations, thinking, "Listen, man, this could be really good for you." Lakers are a contender, so that's the first thing. Like a lot recently, now players are taking less on contenders for maybe a couple of years, and then going elsewhere and getting paid. 
Jeremy Grant, yeah. for example. And, so, and also this idea of being a winning player. So um, you put exactly. up your stats if your team is not necessarily successful. Despite what you have around you, take Devin Booker, for example, you're not a winning player. Um, exactly. you producing those same stats, your same level of performance, but your teammates around you have improved. You're suddenly a winning player. So, um, yeah. yeah, if he does what he did last year um, for, for Charlotte, um, that's, that's, Bart, that's take, take out the slow start, but if he does what he does from when he started cooking, um, yeah, he, he's, he's earning himself for payday, for sure. Who else is there? Wayne Ellington, I've got nothing to really say about that. We know what he kind of does, like decent defence and sh- takes six threes a game, 40%. Like, I'm reading off numbers in, in Alayas, but these are numbers that clearly matter because the Lakers were bereft of shooting last year. So we clearly need these things. And so it seems like they made the right moves. But they were. Let me, let me ask you a question. They were, they were bereft of shooting. And also, when you look at your three your three top players who I think they're locked in for around 130 million, um, none of them is a stellar three-point shooter. And in, in Rush, you have one of the, the poorest volume three-point shooter in NBA history. So um, it was important yeah, to get... I mean, yeah. Very, for, very for anyone who's taken the amount of shots he's taken from three, he's the worst three-point shooter in NBA history. There may be people with worse percentages, but they've that's never cool, shot, yeah, they've yeah, never cool, shot as many threes as Russ. Yeah, we heard you. This is just the facts. You've seen yeah, the we heard you. We heard you. So we're not talking about that. Ken Bazemore, <laughs> whatever. Like, I don't really care for like the move. Like He'll probably be the one to start and we'll see what happens, but he talks a lot and he can clearly shoot, so we'll see what happens. I don't really have any feelings for or against it, but we know what he brings. Another potential, the second expat, I believe, that we've brought in for a massive discount as well is Kendrick Nunn. So, it's not well known, but obviously Kendrick Nunn had some issues in the past personally, and if it wasn't for those at college, he might well have been a lottery pick and not have fallen to Miami, which is almost a blessing in disguise for him. Because when he now became to one of the forerunners for the rookie of the year, obviously it wasn't him in the end, but he looked like a very good rookie. People were somewhat surprised that, oh my God, Kendrick Nunn's a very good player. But what they didn't know is, obviously he'd left college initially, gone back to college, and obviously fallen down draft boards because of his personal problems. So he's actually always been a very good player. And if he didn't have said problems, he wouldn't have ended up at Miami. And people talked about him in a very different light. So he's been there for a I, bit. I really like... Um... I think Monk and, and Nunn, just as youthful injections are big when you yeah. look at the retirement ages of Carlo and Ariza and whatever. But but to be honest, I think look, the Lakers, I said it last off-season, is that I think the Lakers pivoted away from that experience after the bubble too much. I too, thought like, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. like, you know, Trez for uh, Howard and, and Schroeder for Rondo and... They, they were better players in right now, but they weren't yeah. as savvy and everything like that. So I think none and, and none and, and Monk are good little additions. But what I do like about none is he's a decent Caruso replacement with a with a bit more offense. Better than Caruso. And let's put it in, out there right now. I, I, I don't think he's I don't think he's as like throw himself onto the floor to defend as Caruso. Yeah. They're different. They're different. I think he's more rounded, and I think it's a it's yeah. a really nice Caruso replacement. And I think look, Kendrick Nunn's been on a final team, exactly. Kendrick, part of the final team he, again. He's he's another, he's another non-shooter. Really, he's not a, not a consistent shooter. He can get sometimes, but he's not consistent. But, but I think he's an I think he's an underrated pickup. I think. Likewise, so I think that that of most him and Monk can be like the two factors. One because they're both young, and two they provide a diff- something different because, like we said. It's not the main three players that we have. Bereft of shooting before, 
and also not just play just other playmakers that won LeBron. Like in this era where it was always notoriously easy to score, as we've seen, the Lakers had real problems with scoring when LeBron was out. Or when LeBron's not on the floor, even with just AD on the floor, all of a sudden he now believes he's the point guard. And you'll see him bringing the ball up sometimes, or they'll be struggling on one side and he's spotting up on the other side of the free throw line. And that's calling over for a screen. So, yeah, I don't want to do the thing of all oh, what better than last year because obviously, clearly, I was proven wrong. So, yes, I was very right in that sense. I thought we were different and it might work, but obviously, in this case, in hindsight, wonderful thing. We clearly, I mean, if you're, do you think this work. team is better than last year's team? Oh, he's, um, <laughs> he's like, he's like, okay, I know you said that, but fuck off. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, if, if, if it's not, it's a problem, isn't it? Surely, it's a problem, of course, but I think it's more balanced. I think I'd say. It's more balanced because last year I didn't. Now in hindsight, I can say this: I didn't think it made when we saw it perform. It didn't really make much sense because even though defensively it was fantastic, there were real, real problems with scoring, and we saw that even in the playoffs when you now need to knuckle down, like a seventy-five percent LeBron and an OKD that still wasn't enough to overcome a very good Phoenix team. But then when they weren't on the floor, it was an eyesore, a real, real eyesore. So. I like to think now that Palinka and the, the guys have made the right decisions in terms of what we need, because on paper, it looks like we have. Like, they're brought in shooters. They're brought back Howard. The defence is the defense is still somewhat similar. Like, Frank Vogel will make it work because that's what he's known for. But I think LA, nah. We'll see what see, we've talked a lot about what uh, that seems to be our distinguished friend, Canyon. So I just muted you there, Canyon, while you, you sort out that feedback issue. What were you saying, yes? Yeah, I was thinking... Who the, anyway, uh, obviously, to get a lot, you've got you to give up some. And I just wanted to draw attention because this is the biggest trade. The Russ trade extended and became a next thing. It became the biggest trade for 15 years. So in that, obviously, we've, we've talked at length about the Lakers uh, receiving Russell Westbrook, Second round pick in 2023 um, and a second round pick in 2028 from Washington, which knowing Washington that could prove very valuable because they have been <laughs> shit for a long time. Uh, <laughs> Spurs, the Spurs got involved on it, um, received Chandler Hutchins, Hutchinson from Washington um, and they got a second round pick from 2022 as well. Um, the Wizards might actually be the biggest winner out of this trade. Like They gave up Russ, who was fantastic for them. Um, once he got over his, his injuries and this, that and the other. They've got a whole new squad out of this trade, bruv. The Wizards have got Aaron Holiday from India, who, who's a nice, nice little player. they got Kyle Kuzma from, from LA. Let's just hope Kyle doesn't get too excited. Although some people think a bigger role would be good for him. Who knows? We'll see if he really can back his talk. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, when he's on it, when he's firing, he was a real asset to that title team uh, in 2020. Montrez Harrell, Decent bench scorer, man. Sixth man of the year, contender over the last couple of years. Um, and then the the big one, well, actually, they got draft rights to Isaiah Todd, who is actually one of my favourite players in the draft from G League Ignite. We'll talk about him again on that draft Patreon pod, but he's a big man who can shoot nearly seven foot tall and he has a lovely shooting stroke. But the big one that they they really went for um, was Spencer Dimwitty. And we'll maybe talk about that on a on a preview pod moving down the line. But they got Spencer Dinwiddie to replace Russ. If he comes back healthy, he's not Russ. But next to Bill, that, that could be quite a nice fit, I think. 
Um, the Pacers were involved as well. They got Isaiah Jackson off of the Lakers pick from the draft. Isaiah Jackson, I, I like as well. Good little player. Uh, I say little, he's about six foot ten, but good little player. And then the Nets got involved as well and got a trade exception, uh, 11.5 million. So they could be using that at some point down the, down the line. They got a second round pick as well. Um, and uh, they got a, a first round pick that I'm, that I'm not uh, familiar with. It's like an old school stash guy. Um, so a lot of moving parts in this, a lot of moving parts. And on the net, as we are talking about free agency, we, don't need, we can maybe talk about them another part in terms of deep dive, in terms of like, you know, proper breakdown. But the fact that they've re-signed KD for four million, uh, four years, 200 billion, 108 is, is a great sign for them because everyone was sort of talking about the dark cloud of them guys' options. But if KD's signing up for four more years, you can probably bet your money that Kyrie and Jimbo Kyrie are, is going to, are going to as well. Um, we can deep yeah. dive on the Lakers and, and on the Nets um, on a Patreon piece that we're going to have coming out in a few weeks. Um, let's switch over to the Eastern Conference where teams have been very, very busy. Um, let's let's start, yes, on the... Not all teams, Mario. Not all teams have been busy. Listen, you've got a nice, shiny new coach. You, you'd be happy with that. The Boston Celtics have not been You've got a nice, shiny new coach. And what's Brad Stevens? Is he your president of basketball operations? Yeah, mate. He, he, uh, listen, anyway, that's brother, another You one. haven't actually been on for so long. We haven't even got your reaction. We'll do a Patreon piece on that as well. We, we've, we've, got, we've, got, we've got months worth of Patreon content. Just five-minute clips of Yaz getting angry when he's asked a few questions about the Celtics. But, hey, man. Um, Hey, man. Maybe Chris Dunn learned to shoot. Who knows? Fucking hell, where do things happen, though? Let's, let's start with um, the Miami Heat. Um, they seem to have been really busy. The reports are Kyle Lowry headed there in the sign-and-trade deal, $30 million a year for three years. Dragic and Ichua would be traded to the Raptors. Uh, Jimmy Butler, he's also cashing out um, $184 million over four years which does mean that he'll be making 50 million a year in his age 36 year. Um, Duncan Robinson, five years, 90 million. PJ Tucker, fresh off winning a chip with the Bucks, decided to go to Miami, make a bit more money before he retires. Victor Oladipo returning, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Dwayne Dedman, Markeith Morris. Um, so it looks like between Jimmy, Kyle, Bam, and everything going on, Miami and Robinson as well. Miami have got their core for the next three, four years locked in. Yes, what do you what do you think of their move? If it isn't immediate success, then it wasn't worth it. And I don't think it's enough for what do we what what, what are you calling immediate success? Get into the finals. Next, next yeah, well, next, they've got to the finals, so that's the standard set for them, though. No? And they haven't lost any of those pieces, really. They've lost Kendrick Nunn, they've lost Dragic, but that was a choice in a sign and trade. So they have the core that got them to the finals. You'd hope for the finals again. Like they haven't lost pieces, they've only added. Um obviously the East has got stronger in terms of the Bucks and the Nets and Philadelphia are going to get stronger soon once they get rid of Ben Simpson. No, I shouldn't even cuss him, sorry. Um, <laughs> but I don't think it's enough. I think the the 50 million to Jimmy at age 36, I love Jimmy Butler. I think he impacts winning in an amazing way, but he impacts winning through grit and what he chooses to do and what he puts his body through and get into the line and defend him with all his heart. He's not going to age for me. 
might be wrong, as gracefully as Steph, where Steph has his skill that's gonna it's just gonna last him. Steph signed another massive extension as well. Um he he's he's now locked up in Golden State, but Steph's, Steph's gonna be shooting until he's four years old, even if he can't move around screens and dart around screens like he did. Jimmy's game is defense, get to the line, um, and make things happen. He relies on his body that much more. I just don't think he's gonna age great. But again, it's one of those classic things of what do you do? Like Jimmy Butler's your best player now. So you you have to sort of lock him up. I just don't see how it's going to be movable. But people said the same about about Russ and, and John Wall and Chris Paul. They were the big untradeable contracts at one one point, and then two years later they've been traded several times. So I don't know. And Lowry, Lowry's coming at thirty six. Lowry is still very very good, but he's coming at thirty six. He had a few injury issues last year. I think he's thirty million a year for three years. I think. I think most of them are guaranteed. I don't know about the guarantee there. I know Chris Paul, for example, I think his last year is not fully guaranteed. So that's that's I always think a... Second, I think the, the, the last year is an option and the, the year before is not fully guaranteed. So yeah, they've kind of... What we are seeing, though, is a trend of really old guys getting huge contracts. So even looking at yeah. KD, KD and Steph, probably after this, they've still got another 100 million. Yeah. But then, then KD and Steph have, have been MVPs. Mm. Al Lowry and Jimmy Butler are, are a tier below that. Um, yeah. and, and they're both really good. I think Kyle Lowry and PJ Tucker might be the most Miami offseason of all time uh, in terms of that heat culture. And I think they're good pieces for them. The money makes me wince a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, Duncan Robinson, 18 million. <laughs> we saw last year there was moments where the shot weren't dropping and that was it. He was offering nothing else. So it's, it's, not, it's, but, not bad value. it's not bad value, but again, you've locked him in. Though. You've locked him in. You have. Uh, when you when you look at obviously, um, that tells me that the the skill that well Miami anyway that is valued the most in this league is is the ability to shoot and, and spread the floor and give your kind of guys who want to get to the rim and your interior players more space to operate. Um, and I think they're in one of those situations like. If we don't keep him, we immediately get worse. And we'd have to spend the time finding, honing, cultivating somebody to replace what he does. Um, do we think he gets that same money elsewhere? Probably not. I don't, I don't for sure remember if there's bird rights because he was undrafted. I don't know if the contract works the exact same. I imagine they would have actually been able to pay him more than anyone else. I don't think he does personally but then a lot it's like you say it's not just the player it's the need and the fit and everything like that i just feel like is carl lowry gonna have a finals run like baggage did in 2020 where he was unbelievable if he does great okay but even then it's just a straight swap of the, of the best druggage the best version of druggage i just don't think it's enough money invested but like we kind of say there wasn't too many other viable options, and you've got a lot of really good pros there um, that could make something happen. Marquise Morris is a nice little pickup. He, he, he's done all right off the bench for the Lakers. He, he, I think he'd fit in there as well, can play a bit of five as well as four. Um, still got Tyler Harrow, who you'd hope for a bit of a leap from off of sort of a, a bit of a disappointing second season, like which happens. It happens. So, but I don't think that's just so, so yeah, he's, he's not as bad as he was last year. He's gonna definitely no, he, jump. He'll, he'll be, he'll last year's not, yeah, yeah, better, brother. 
Cool. Last year for a young player, is there's all those variables of last year which make it yeah. such a hard thing to judge so many no, not, no, That's fine. But the fact is, people were not, as the NBA is, we know it's anointing off that fantastic finals appearance or playoffs, in fact. So it'll be interesting to see what people think of Sealand is this third year. But Yeah, I think on, on this pod, we know they, they were doing it. Like we said, there's, there's always either too much when it comes to the NBA or people are absolutely the worst thing in the world. So again, the, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Um, he's going to be a player who can, he can shoot really well. If he ends up being able to develop the other sides of his game as well, they've got a really good pickup at what was it? 13th, 14th pick. Yes. You always, you always remind us because the Celtics were the pick right after. We were a pick after him and we were two picks after Tyrese Halliburton and we apparently really liked both and that would make a huge difference. But anyway, and I think the other thing with Miami, the other thing with Miami is they've got Spolstra who, you know, new season, go again, everyone's locked up, everyone's been committed to, everyone feels valued. Mm. Kyle and clearly wanted to play together. The defence should be really good with those two there. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, over the last two years, apart from when Jimmy got hit with COVID, they've been a really, really good team. But I just don't know if it's enough, and it's and it's a lot. I've got Robinson. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah, it's good. It's good. They've got a, they've got a kind of veteran bully squad now, haven't they? Which you, we talk about heat culture. Um, yeah, they got a veteran bully There's squad. No culture. Dwayne Dedman. Dwayne Dedman. <laughs> they've no got culture. a veteran bully squad. Also, also, you're looking at you're looking at Hero. You're looking at Bam. You're looking at. Robinson just to get a bit better. Those little increments, the other guys, the older guys being the kind of known entities, um, we'll, we'll see where they go. But I think the top level, so we're talking about the, the Nets, the Bucks, um, depends how we feel about Philly. I don't know if they infiltrate that and how we feel about the Hawks as well. How do they infiltrate that 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 group? Um, staying, staying in the uh, East, we've got the uh, New York Knickerbockers. Uh, fresh off an embarrassing first round, to be honest with you. After everything they did all season, um, they have to be happy with the season they had because nobody saw them being a playoff team. Um, but how they were dealt with by the Hawks was somewhat embarrassing. They have committed to their team. So they've given uh, Julius Randall a buttload of money. Uh, Kemba Walker, yes! <laughs> Kemba oh, Walker, no. you've, you've been able to shed that contract, so I guess you're happy. Um, there's, yeah, well, there's, there's a few ways to look at it. Kemba Walker for eight million a year is really nice. Mm. I would have taken Kemba Walker for eight million a year. My problem was having Kemba Walker for 36. However, yeah. other thing I will say for those who are listening, Kemba Walker is only that because he got bought out by OKC. Now, the process of a buyout, correct me if I'm wrong, I did mean to read up on this, is they literally buy out your contract. You, But then, obviously, we don't always know the details. Like, you can leave a lot of money on the table, but they have to pay you that. The organisation yes, has that's, to pay. that's essentially the deal. And then I think what happens is that the difference is what you negotiate with your... Well, you try and negotiate the difference. Let's say you were down for 36, um, and they say, OK, we'll give you 25. You're hoping that the next team that takes you, you can get them to give you ten or eleven. Most 100%. of the time, they'll give you. Yeah, they'll give you like four or five or something. Now, now we don't know the details of what Kemba left on the table, but we got rid of Kemba Walker in a first round pick for Al Horford. I'm not actually too mad at that, to be honest, because like there's, we'll go into that on another pod, but it kind of works for us right now. But we got rid of a first round pick, which turned into Shengun, the Turkish Tony, who was MVP of the Turkish League at 18. Looks cool for them. 
Um, but he actually got traded to the Rockets. Listen, this draft pod is going to be a long one when it comes. Um, <laughs> this is OKC, the pick gatherers, pick, pick, pick gatherers. Everything they do, they flip, they flip, they flip. So you do have to wonder, like, Sam Presti and Kemba Walker, as far as I know, are not best friends since childhood. Why have they done him that solid? Like, how have they not flipped him? So either he was the most untradeable guy in the world or they just, yeah, that's the only conclusion I can have. If he's the most, and when he actually played for us, he was still effective. Towards the end of the season, he was racking up some 30-point games. The only thing I can think why they haven't tried to flip him again is the intel on the injuries are bad, right? as in like only can contribute for a quarter of a season bad. So if he's untradeable to them, that can be our only conclusion is that the medical and his knees are worse than, than the Celtics letting on for the last two years in terms of trying to keep a brace, like year and a half, trying to keep a brace, brave face on stuff, in which case it's a bit of a non-factor. Regardless, I think Kemba for $8 million is great. If he can even have half a season fit um, from the bench, I always wanted him to be a sixth man with us anyway in that second season, but obviously the contract didn't allow it. Kemba can still add a lot of value to a team like that. And the fact that he's gone Madison Square Garden is, is lovely for him, to be honest. Like uh-huh. He's gone home. He is a proper, proper Bronx, New York guy. Um, he's got the most Bronx accent all time, Like even despite living in the South in Charlotte and, and for how many years. Um, I like, and he's a, he's, a, he's a guy that wins all these Team of the Year awards. Like He's a top fella. You really hope that he can sort of just do well there. Not so well that I get jealous about it, but well enough that he's happy, you know? Um, and yeah. I think he's, he's just a nice little thing. You've got, you got a lot of little creative vets there in him and Rose is back. I was, was, was going to ask, obviously Rose is back and I think it's three years, 43 million. Don't don't their skill sets and what they do... Oh, yeah, they don't fit together whatsoever. Overlap. <laughs> I feel like you've signed the same... Talented. That is two talented men with one knee between them out of four and... They're going to play half the season each. Like they, there's no way they play together ever. So mm-hmm. it is an interesting one. I think I think it is a bit of a solid from New York. Don't forget he was going to sign in New York in free agency when we got him. He turned the Knicks down for us. So I think maybe he left a really good impression there um, that they that they want to just do a homecoming for him. I think I think even though he's going to be busted, I think Walker jerseys will sell in New York. So, oh, so that, that's oh, a really sure. good thing for them. Um, I think like the only real New York guys in the league apart from him are like Mo Bamba, Obi Toppin, and I think uh, um, what's his name, Cole Anthony, maybe. Yeah, he's New York. from New Jersey. Yeah, I don't count. We don't count. I don't count him, so we don't count it. So um, yes. 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 I think the interesting one is Fournier as well. I was about yeah. to. That's what I was about to ask. Four years, yeah, the, the fourth year is a team option. Um, have they paid too much? No, I think. I think, no, they haven't paid too much for him and, the, again, his situation. I think he's nice for them right now. He wanted to stay with us, and in an ideal world, we probably would have kept him, but we ha- we're we navigating around the tax. So we kind of locked him out for Josh Richardson to come in and just be a bit of a more defensive sound guy for basically half the money. Um, so I, th- I think I think Fournier will be... I think the problem with the Atlanta series is... They have that great Thibodeau defense, and I don't think they're going to lose that in one off season. Okay, they've lost Reggie Bullock, but they've got everyone else back who was a part of that. Um, I don't think they're going to lose that. But in Atlanta, they they were solely, solely playing through Randall, like where he couldn't hack that level of responsibility. And and 
it, it was too much for him. He's also, he's an interesting one, Randall. Um, I can't remember the exact number he signed that, but it's less than the max. Four, year, four years, 117, and he's already got 19 million. So he's actually signed for five years, like 140. Um, so that, they've tied him as their main guy. It's below, below the max, but they're pretty locked main in. Main guy, but there's room. May, not, not Ben Simmons' main guy, not Jimmy Butler' main guy. Main guy, that, but there's room. So I think he's taking the move that I, I wish more players would. Yes, it's money on the table. I get that. And everyone has different circumstances. I hear you. But if you're happy where you are and you want a team that's competitive around you, you've got to, you've got to sacrifice a little bit. Make it back on endorsements. I don't care what you do. AD did mm. it to try and get Kawhi to LA. Like, you just, look, just do it, bruv. Like, it's going to make your career more fulfilling. So I, li- I like them. Fournier, I think what Fournier will do, sorry, just on that point, finally, is is uh, he'll add an element of offense that they didn't have. Fournier was pretty good for us once he found his shot, and that was in a COVID season, getting COVID, not knowing the playbook, the sets that we were using, everything like that. He can make shots, he can create a little bit. He's not a great playoff defender, but he'll be okay in the regular season. He's six seven. He's got good reach. He's he's he got burned in the playoffs, but he was against Brooklyn. So he had no help and he had Harden on him half the time. So, I mean, it's, it's a tough one to judge. But um, I think he's a really, really nice signing for them. I think the contract is tradable if he has a good year or two um, for a star. I think he's a good teammate, good player. I think he'd fit in. Kemba's the fit permitting, fitness permitting, a good little pickup. So I think, I think they've so they've made themselves better. Um, they finished, off the top of my head, sixth last year. What what does this do? Do they, they do they lock into the six? Or are they pushing to? Nah, I so I, they've made themselves better, but I don't think I think the East is going to jumble so much. They so much of last season was dependent on what teams got COVID, got health and safety protocols, got injuries. Um, you've got Rick Carlisle in Indiana, who's going to obviously run it better than that Joker last year. Um, you've got Nick McMillan in Atlanta for a whole season. That's an interesting one now if he's not just new manager bounce sort of thing. Um, you would hope Boston do better. You would hope. Um, and then and then the Bulls, who we're going to already talk about any second now, um, are going to be interesting as well. So I yeah, think you've- the problem with them is so much of their success was based off effort and grit and determination that it's one of those teams where if that drops even 5%, that's a lot of points. You know, that's a lot of buckets given up. That's a lot of... Uh, do you think they've compensated for that potential 5% drop-off in the increase in talent that they've brought into the club? I think it, even that that level that Tibbs requires his players to play at, we've seen what happens. They can sustain it for one or two years, maybe three years, but then they're never the, they're never quite the same. You're never the same after Tibbs has, has dealt with you. So that Derek Rose, we saw that with Luol Deng still. Oh, ain't, seen him, ain't seen him since. Um, but do you think they've tried to compensate for that with... Better talent, more talent, should I say? Yeah, but I don't think it's a. I don't think it's necess- It's not as easy as a tug of war, is it? If you go that far that way, you don't just uh, get better. Do you know what I mean? Like it's. It's. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Be interesting. They just need the same level of buy-in. Um, they'll have yeah, Madison. Madison Square Garden full with expectation now. Like they finished sixth. Okay, we've signed. We've given a lot of money to a couple months. Like let's go. Facts, facts. And let's let's finish up with um the Chicago Bulls. Um they've been very, very busy at the top. We've got DeMar DeRozan looking like a three-year deal on a sign and trade, 85 million. 
Um, for Spurs, who would get uh, Thad Young, Alfred Camino, and a 2025 first round pick, uh, second round picks in 2022 and 2025. Lonzo Ball. Um, Listen, we, we've known about this one for a while, um, but he'd be headed to Chicago on a sign and trade four years, 85 million, as we've already discussed. Uh, Devontae Graham to Charlotte, and they get the 2022 first round pick off the Pelicans. Um, Alex Caruso, uh, Lakers fan favorite, four years, 37 million. Daniel Thais, a, a yes, and Boston Celtic favorite, is, is headed over there. And Tony Bradley agrees. Nah, to he's he's gone Houston. They signed him and they Sorry, he's go. So he's they've traded yeah. him to Houston. So I, I saw that that's, today that's, as well. That's a nice little, nah, another nice little pickup for Houston. I'm, I'm hopeful. Yeah, I saw that today they're actually. It's good. That's what off, I'm, I'm hopeful they're not just a total. Yeah, great John Waller. John Waller. So, so Kay, um, they've added talent around the core of Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic. Um, what what have they got? Sorry, can we print that? Can we print that? What? Avucevic? Um, yeah, it's nice, but Billy Donovan's the coach, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I believe, yeah, they've done well. They've actually done very well. I think they've won, had one of the better windows in the off-season. Like, for Caruso, he's a nice little backup guard for them because their Kobe White, I don't believe, is all that. He's decent, but I don't think he's all that so... For 37 million on four years, that's a good deal for him. DeMar DeRozan, he's going to play the three, most likely, because obviously that two spot is locked and loaded for Zach. So I'm not sure how that one's going to fit, per se. And Yaz and I said, like, I'm surprised he commanded that much money in the market, but he clearly did his rep some favours working, playing with a guy like Poch. Not Poch, sorry, Pop. Wow. Um, so for him, I'm sure that's decent money. That's decent money. And... I'm not sure what he brings. I do know what they don't have anymore is a lick of defense. So that should be interesting. Especially well, that's, with I mean, that's, that's, that's where they tried with Lonzo and Caruso. Yeah, exactly. So they're trying, but not going to play them both at the same time. Because even though Lonzo has improved, he's very much still in the of scoring of catch and shoot. And even for Sasso, hopefully in the offseason he works. And I'm happy he got paid. Because I remember I was saying at the start, like he's bet on himself. And I hope he gets paid. So Lavar ain't never lied. So 85 million, I'm very happy that he's got that money or whatever it is because I think he's deserved it. He's also improved his free throw shooting, his three-point shooting, his defense, of course, is always going to be what it is. He's a great he's a good defender. But obviously, when you're guarding the better players on other teams, you're going to get cooked. So you won't really get the praise that you should, especially if you're not really locking guys down. So yeah, the Lonzo trade is a good move for them. Um, I think offensively they're going to be a lot of fun. Um, however, defensively, I'm not really sure what they're going to do. And they've made all these moves to push up in the East. However, the East is still quite top heavy. So I'm not sure they've done enough to really make a mark on like the top five, six. So it really should be interesting because Atlanta are coming back. Because the Sixers are coming back. You've got Bucks, of course, the Nets. So yeah, it should be an interesting year for the East. I wouldn't say it's stronger than the West yet, but it's looking very top-heavy now, with some good teams trying to squeeze in and make the rest of the eight. They're, they're, they're all just playing runners-up to the Nets, in my opinion. But, um, yes, what, what are your thoughts on the moves Chicago have made? I think Lonzo is a really good fit. Um, he's kind of, yeah, I think him and Levine just makes loads of sense. I think they can share the floor together so, so well. The Rosen one, though, and I like the mother Rosen. I really like the mother Rosen which I know is not the most sort of contemporary popular opinion. He doesn't shoot threes. He's, 
doesn't really defend like that. He's, he's you know, long twos, get into the rim. But he's improved, I think, at the Spurs. I think he's, in terms of his playmaking, like he was sort of a point forward there, coming out of a wing position off the elbow and was really effective. I loved some of the stuff he did at the Spurs. I just, that one is fully guaranteed for sure. So that, they're paying every penny of that 85 million. Again, is it, if it doesn't work straight away, it's not going to get any better in a year or two. Um, he's one that I thought at this stage might have gone to be, you know, a sixth man on a contender, Clippers or somewhere like that, if if it was doable. I think he was in discussions with the Clippers and I think that's what leveraged Chicago into this much money. I think the story was um, from decent sources that he was talking with the Clippers but obviously the Spurs wanted him to go to Chicago so they could get a couple pieces back. And like you said, they got Alfaru Kaminu and, and Thaddeus Young. Thaddeus Young was a really, really important player for Chicago. He was never like brought in as a franchise guy or a long-term piece, but he was an important defender. He was an important reference for the offense as well. Um, with sort of post playmaking and stuff like that. Obviously, Vucevic coming in kind of rendered him a bit redundant, but the Spurs obviously tried to push Demar that way. The Bulls offered too much. Um I really want it to work because I like Demar. I like Demar the guy, and I like watching Demar the player. But I can't see how him and Levine works. I see him in Vucevic. That's not a problem. I see him in Lonzo. That's not a problem. I see him in Patrick Williams. That's not a problem. Patrick Williams is another guy, by the way, the first ever courtside focus. He's going to have a huge responsibility defending people as a second year guy, nineteen years old. Um, mm. That's going to be very. That's going to be a lot on him. And that's uh, that baby Kawhi, that baby Kawhi nickname. Uh. Yeah, let's see if it's, <laughs> if it's been through, right? um, But I just can't see the Rosen and Levine. Like even in Pox, egalitarian, everyone shared a ball offense. Um, last two years, the Rosen's been their highest usage guy, nearing thirty percent. Uh, if you look at the Bulls usage, Levine has had the ball in his hands and has finished possessions all the time. So there's going to be a lot of adjustment there. But then look, again, it goes back to sort of what, what can you do? I kind of rate the Bulls. I, I, the, the Vucevic trade didn't really work um, in terms of Levine got, it was obviously a play for the playoffs. Levine got COVID at one point towards the end and it was just a write-off and it didn't really work and they had to figure out too much in terms of play style too late into the season and as Canyon says maybe Billy Donovan's not the best guy for that but you know his best recent season was credited to Chris Paul as all things are so maybe we're crediting to Chris Paul too much but Chris Paul did have a massive influence on that OKC team they've made this huge play for the playoffs so it's, it's basically boom or bust that I think it's risky and that they've got Levine coming up as a free agent at the end of this season so and he had that weird tweet about like oh, pay me my respect in my contract discussions or something. So I don't know, like boy, yeah, he wants the peas, but I don't know, like that's he again. Deserves it. That's he deserves it. He's the king out yeah. there. He Listen, Levine's a-, Levine's a very good player. Um, but Max contract when you've got a lot of money tied up in Vooch and uh the Rosen both the wrong side of 30. If they don't get the players this year, it's a massive failure because that is clearly what they've claimed to do. If they don't get the playoffs this year, Zach Levine could be going out on the open market. So, so it's a big season for the Bulls. It kind of come out of nowhere. Like two years ago, there was no expectations. 
but they've just decided to go the complete opposite way to Orlando. Orlando were like, boom, we're not going to win the title, so let's burn it all down. They got themselves Jalen Suggs and 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 a um, couple other nice pieces. The Bulls have gone the other way. They're like, fuck it, let's just throw all in for players that we like now: Lonzo Ball, Demar Derozan, Zach Levine, Ni- uh, Nikola Vucevic. I like it. It's a nice four. So do I. So do I. Or just is it? I don't know. Have to see. The, the first sort of six weeks of the season are going to tell us a lot about how they do. They were already not a great defensive team last year. Lonzo and Patrick Williams are going to have to defend like for their lives to make that a good defensive team this year because that's not something that Vucevic, Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan are at all interested in. Zach Levine got a bit better last year, but it's not what you want him wasting his energy on, is it? So uh, the DeMar Levine fit, I am going to be really interested to see how that works. Um because they both want the ball in their hands all the time. Levine can do stuff off ball. Obviously, he's an amazing athlete. He can catch and shoot. Demar can't. <laughs> no, like, I don't know what Demar's going to do off ball. Um, he's never really had to cut or spot up or anything. So, yeah, that one. Like, it was all. Listen, if you take Vucevic, Levine, Lonzo, and then they spend that eighty-five million on I don't know, but someone else who complements Levine, another shooter, a knockdown guy. I don't know who exactly. Um, then I feel a lot better about it. But they've just committed a lot of money to a guy that doesn't fit with their main player, which is interesting. Insurance policy or what? But yeah, yeah, Yeah. they've 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 decided to cash in um, in terms of this Zach Levine era. Let's see if he can actually be that guy. And if they want him to stay, like you say, they have to be aspiring to get into the playoff. Playoffs that's a bare minimum, you know. Like he, he he's proven one of the more dynamic scorers in the league. And he's going to want to be, look, he's got a taste of victory with that Olympic gold now. He's going to want more and more and more. And as he'll, he will have noticed, you don't get your dues in this league if your team is not a winning team. doesn't matter how good you are. You don't get your dues. So we'll see, man. I'm, I'm excited I mean, to see. In full circle, I completely forgot about he was on the Olympic roster with that gold medal. Not only the taste of winning, but I wonder how many times his contract situation came up with uh, with certain men. Because <laughs> he was around. Yeah, he he was around Tatum, he was around Lillard, he was around uh, other men, you know, people who want help. KD don't need no help, but people who want help. So, <laughs> so we'll, see, we'll see what happens with that as well. Cool. Um, that was a long one, but understandable. It was a busy free agency and we haven't podded in a while. Um, but as always, a pleasure. Kay, always good to have you on. Um, we'll call you that's an app goodbye from Kansas tonight, so we'll call you C3PO this week and yes uh, thank you for that and yes um, back back from the wilderness back to stay right yeah, yeah 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 okay so with that lads have a nice one peace Sports Social Podcast Network <laughs> 